Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Director Ivy Maropol's expansive new documentary film, After the Bite, focuses on the impact that a 2018 fatal shark attack on a boogie boarder has on the town of Wellfleet, Massachusetts. The attack rocked visitors and residents alike in this idyllic summer community of Cape Cod, forcing them to respond to the encroachment of apex predators. With the number of sharks increasing every year, After the Bite explores the repercussions for this beach community when rapid changes in the natural world begin to clash with a cherished way of life. Again, the film is called After the Bite. We're joined today by the director, Ivy Maropol. She's been here at Film School Radio previously for her work on a documentary titled Indian Point, which was about a nuclear reactor that's 35 miles from downtown New York City as well as a incredible documentary film called Bully, Coward Victim, the Roy Cohn story. Ivy Maropol, welcome back to Film School Radio. You've done such a wonderful job of locking into the rhythm and the mores, the culture of a community that's in the midst of a transition. It is facing its own set of challenges, and yet there is a bigger, more expansive crisis looming. Tell me a little bit about what inspired you to follow this story I am fortunate enough to have spent a lot of time in my life on the Outer Cape. It's like a second home to me. As a kid, I spent time in Wellfleet and then now in Truro. And I'm actually talking to you from Truro right now. My uh, family has a home here. And I and I spent a lot of time out here as much as I can for obvious reasons. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. The community is amazing. But I also found myself when I was making, when I was shooting the Roy Cohn film, which I had the pleasure of talking to you about a few years ago, um, he spent a lot of time in Provincetown. So I was actually out here a lot in the off season and getting to know people a little more, you know, the community that I hadn't hadn't known. Spending more time here, I was you can't help but hear all the stories about the seal, many more seals. And I mean, you just see it. You, you I experienced it myself. And then, of course, uh, stories of shark sightings and shark interactions. In 2012, actually, a friend of mine was on the beach and, and helped the, the, the guy who had been bitten that time. I was fully aware. I was, I was living it myself. OK, I was, you know, I swim in the bay and I was getting a little nervous because people were, you know, saying, oh, they're actually in the bay, too, which we never thought would happen. You know, they're be on the ocean side, not in the nice, calm, quiet bay. So basically, I was, you know, experiencing it myself. And I started to notice the way that the community was reacting after 2018, when the young man, well, there were two incidents, but the young man, Arthur Medici was killed. And it was really a seismic event in the community. And people were quite upset. And before that, we'd already started seeing, you know, signs on the beaches, you know, warning signs, giant posters of sharks, stop the bleed kits were appearing in places. So it's kind of, you know, chilling to go to the beach and see like, oh, you, you know, you might need a tourniquet if something happens. So it was in the air. And but then that 2018, it was the way the community was responding. I thought this is a very interesting way to grapple with how we are renegotiating our role in nature. I mean, and that, you know, and and out here, you are right up close with a lot of magnificent marine creatures and, and animals. And what does that look like? And this is something that people are going to be dealing with all over the world more and more as we encroach on their space. Yeah, and as nature adapts to the changing world, and particularly in the ocean, I think 
the last couple of days of people are listening to this conversation in 2023. This could be a time capsule in some way, but but yeah. we just went through a period of time very recently where ocean temperatures along the coast of Florida were a hundred degrees. I I honestly so did afraid. not believe that when I heard it. I, I thought that somebody made a mistake. So I guess what I'm getting to is this film is a is about what happened to Arthur Medici and and the and the way the community reacted. But we're also our relationship to nature is definitely under duress right now. Yeah. And and so you know, what was interesting is I, you know, the film starts with obviously this this tragic event. And what I wanted to do is to help kind of take, you know, an audience through, okay, trying to understand why this ha- happened, you know, not that there can be a full, I mean, it's an accident, you know, they, he's, they were, he was not being hunted by a shark. Um, it was a, an unfortunate accident and, and a terrible one, but it opened up all these people getting so upset with nature for doing what nature does. And I have empathy for that. I wanted to hear from everybody what was happening, but of course you can't tell the story of the sharks without the seals. So this is there this be, quickly became a, a film as much about seals <laughs> as, yeah. as sharks, as you as you see. And to me, that was a fascinating kind of turn because you the seal story is a conservation success story that is now causing problems because they are drawing the sharks closer to shore, which means closer to us. The the resentment, you know, for against the seals, you know, le- led me to discover that I, which I didn't know that we had completely wiped out the gray seal population in the Gulf of Maine. We were they were gone until we started protecting them in 1972, and now they're back with a vengeance, and they are they are thriving and they're doing beautifully. And you see that we have this beautiful scene scenes out on Muskegon Island. For some people, is not so beautiful, but it's you know it's actually like become it's like a wildlife refuge out there, and then. And the seals are, that's where the, it's the biggest uh, breeding ground of the North Atlantic gray seal in this in the country. So the story, the seals brought me to this whole other story, which I don't know how far you want me to go. Well, with let, well yeah, yeah, let's talk about I, I, one of the great things about the film After the Bite is that we get to know the people in the community. We get to understand their perspective. And as you're some of what you just described, the reaction to not only the terrible death of Arthur Medici, but there's so much more. There's yeah. so much of a ripple effect, right? And and I want I want let people know that when you watch After the Bite, it's such an enjoyable unfolding of a story because not the tragedy of what happened to Arthur Medici, but just the way we get to know the people in the community. There's so many wonderful people that we get a chance to spend some time with, but we see. The residents, we see the people in the scientific community, we see the people in the hospitality industry, the people who are attracting the tourists to the community, and understand all of these different perspectives. And each one of them has a, this sort of picket fence look at what's happening around them. And But I love the way the film brings so much of all of these things together. Tell us a little bit about getting to know uh, the woman who was uh, Megan Witten, who we get to know from the Atlantic uh, White shark conservancy the to people in the town because i am i might call, i guess i could call myself a semi local and that i've been oh. around here long enough that 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 gave me some there was some level of trust walking in because of that because i could say you know and i had cert, i had some friends of course who could introduce me to people but and so i wasn't like a complete outsider coming in 
Uh, and that really helps a lot because, you know, you're really walking into people's worlds and asking them to trust you. And and a lot of the people I filmed are quite shy and not used to this. And especially like fishermen, for instance, are, our approach was a really interesting one. I've never made a film in, quite in this way, but it was very gratifying and, and, and a wonderful experience for me and my entire crew where we really, because we're so focused on a very small area and small community, we could just kind of we didn't even have a plan with somebody or something fell through, which often would because we'd have a plan to go out on a boat, for instance, and then the weather would turn and we couldn't go. We would just show up on the pier, the Provincetown Pier, or we would show up in the Newcomb Hollow parking lot because we'd say, oh, let's get some beautiful shots. It's a gorgeous day. We'll do this. We'll start talking to people. And I just have a natural, I mean, that's part of what I love about what I do. And I think that one thing that I that I can contribute in this field is I love talking to people and people feel comfortable talking to me. So it was, you know, that's how we found someone like Dana um, Franchito. He's the wonderful, I mean, he's just, and it's unusual, right? You wouldn't say, oh, I'm going to make a film about sharks and seals on Cape Cod. Let's go talk to the parking lot attendant. <laughs> um, but he's so much more than that. And, yes. it, and, it, and how it happened was that I just started chatting with him. I saw him with his crazy surfboard with duct tape all over it. And his nickname is Dana Duct Tape. You know, he just had a wonderful way of expressing a lot of how I feel. You know, mm -hmm. and that's, kind of, that's you know, what, what I look for. I mean, I'm looking for all points of view, but I'm also sometimes looking for someone who is articulating how I feel about something. Yeah. And Dana wound up, we, we started calling him our guru. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he just felt like a wonderful through line to, you know, kind of, just see someone who has to keep telling the cars, people coming in on the cars, oh, a shark was seen today. Oh, we got to be careful. The black flag is up. And and but then to have him also say these wonderful things, which actually, interestingly, press seems to be picking up on already. You know, this is the way that he talks about, you know, that, that humankind must learn um, humility in the face of nature. That's a powerful yeah. message. He was a messenger to get access. The Atlantic, you mentioned the Atlantic White Shark Conservancy. Meg Winton is wonderful. I really, I mean, Greg Skomal is the shark guy. He also works with the Atlantic White Shark Conservancy, but he's someone who's done many, many shows. He's been on one, you know, National Geographic shows, Discovery Shark Week episodes. He has a new book that's coming out right now called Chasing Shadows that people should, should check out. He's wonderful. And I love him, but I really loved having a young woman scientist yeah. I felt very strongly about that. And Meg's, you know, you can just see in her face how how much she loves her work and how much she loves sharks. And, and it's just, I found it very beautiful and moving to film her and, and to highlight her work. And she's a PhD student. She just finished a major paper that's now getting tons of attention. It's in the Scientific American this month because they have an actual count. They're able to say now that between 2015 and 2018, they think there are about 800 sharks. In these in these waters, which before they thought maybe four hundred, it's quite a lot. <laughs> and we and we get into some of the reasons why that's the case in the film, which I'm not going to say much more than that as to why <laughs> there's such a it's a tremendous increase in the in that population. But I, I love Dana, and leave it to a surfer to understand the relationship between us and nature. Yes. Honestly, I've spent time. I used to badly surf but i know <laughs> i know a lot of people who were dedicated to it and they almost always had this affinity and this and this respect and admiration for nature because 
nature was providing them with free entertainment, right? All you needed was a board and you could ride. All, you, yes. I mean, it's one of those beautiful things about surfing is just need I a agree. board. Yeah. And also to be someone who goes out and surfs, yeah. you yeah. have to have a healthy respect for the yes. ocean, which, which is some part of what we, you know, we want the film to express as well. It's like, yeah. let's, you know, this, the ocean is a, an incredible and mysterious place. I just want to remind our listeners that After the Bite will be premiering on Max on July 26th. So if you're listening to our conversation, it is on Max right now, as well as it'll be on HBO at some point. So be looking for this After the Bite. I want to go back and talk a little bit about Meg Winton and her importance in the film and importance in understanding the situation. So it's through her work with the Conservancy that we're getting facts. We're getting an understanding of the science of what's happening to the oceans and to our environment, as opposed to how I feel about what's happening. And this is where science and politics and our understanding of what to do are in direct conflict with how we're going to address this. And where that conflict becomes its most acute is nature doesn't care. Nature will do what it has to do in order to survive. Kind of no, cool. it, it doesn't. But that's where we're at, right? Yeah. I mean, that's where yeah. that is what the film is about. I think that's right. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, the scientists are so important to the story, and I and that's and I want them to be, you know, front and center. You know, we decided early on, especially when we started talking about like issues of climate change, which we don't lean on too heavily here because there's not a lot that the shark scientists are loath to say that the sharks are here up here on the cape because of climate change because we don't know enough about sharks the sharks go where all over and they and yes yeah. they are probably moving to warmer waters but they don't they are evidence based scientists will not say anything unless they can absolutely prove it right yeah. but what i what what was important for me is to show is have the fishermen who are yes. they re they really know what's going on out there and they're just observing they're not saying it's because of this because of that Although some of them will, they'll say, but they're saying that fish hasn't been up. We've never, like, you know, you talk to a fisherman, they say that fish, that bonito has not, we've never, I've never seen them up here like this. That's a Southern fish. Yeah. So when they say, you know, well, that tells me something's going on. You know, that was important for me to have that expressed in the film through that kind of voice. Because we know what happens when we have scientists saying, you know, it's climate change, climate change, which I believe in. I absolutely believe that's true. But there's a lot of people out there in our country who are going to dismiss it immediately if they hear the, if they hear climate change. If they hear scientists, they feel like they're being talked down to, preached to. It's a lie. It's this. It's like, and you know what? A salt of the earth fisherman who says, I'm telling you, those fish were never here before. Yeah. Maybe they'll listen. Maybe they'll listen to that. That's a hard scrabble life, a fisherman. You you work. You work hard. These guys are not gonna. They're not gonna say things that, that they don't believe. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So there's so much here to recommend, and I'm so glad that it's you're getting the release of After the Bite on Max on HBO Max. People, it's on right now. So it's on uh, HBO Max. You can check it out. The film is called After the Bite, and Thank you so much for the film and thank you so much for the storytelling of the film as well. I just really thought it was wonderful. So, and thank you for your previous work. I will, you know, again, I want to hype this because it means so much to me. Bully, Coward, Victim, the story of Roy Cohn. 
check this out. You don't need to watch any any talking heads. All you need to do is was watch this movie. Uh, it is absolutely a blueprint as to what's happening in our world today, politically, and so many other ways. And other films like Indian Point and uh, also Heir to an Execution, A Granddaughter's Story. So thank you, Ivy Mirapol. Thank you so much for your, your time and for your work. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it, Mike. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.